Hey there. Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the positive in the imperfections, whether in homeschool, faith, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, and I am so glad you're here. I was talking to someone just the other day how if someone did not have anxiety before 2020, they do now. In fact, if someone has not had some sort of negative impact on their life, even small from last year, I'd like to actually talk to them in person and see what their life looks like because, yeah, I know you feel me. Today, I'd like to talk about something that I feel isn't talked about enough. Rather, it seems to be spoken of flippantly, yet it's a very serious and polarizing struggle for many, including me. The question today isn't a question at all, but more of a topic, which is how to not be a functioning anxiety aholic. <laughs> when our lockdown started in March of 2020, our local homeschool Facebook group had a huge, and I mean huge, influx in parents freaking out about needing to homeschool their kids. Some have gone on to continue homeschooling, others are doing virtual or online school, and some are doing a hybrid style. I honestly don't know how anyone has survived the virtual or hybrid stuff. I really don't. If you're one of them, I salute you. <laughs> Seriously, you are one strong and unbelievable person to keep going despite the situation you've been given. Now, I'm sure you may be thinking, well, I sure don't feel that way. But trust me, you are incredible, even when you feel lacking. I'm not sure when my anxiety began, but I know it was well before 2020. I also struggle with PTSD, but that reason is for a whole other podcast in and of itself. However, suffice it to say, I have had multiple traumas that I am positive have only magnified both my anxiety and PTSD. I struggled with full-blown panic attacks as a young adult. Those are no joke, and when you're in the middle of one, no one, and I mean no one, can talk you down, and nor will someone saying to just calm down will actually work. I've had the dizziness, tingling hands, all the things. Now, I haven't actually passed out from it or had my hands contract closed, but I know that it can be very scary. It gave me a new way of sympathizing with patients over the years who were hyperventilating, and while they did not need an ambulance, I mean, because it wasn't truly a life-threatening emergency, I still understood the fear that comes from spiraling and unable to control things. It took several years, but I was finally able to come to the realization that it was up to me as to how long a panic attack would last. I had to mentally force myself to calm down, to get a grip, so to say. In 2005, the area that I live in experienced a deadly tornado. I was ending my shift at around 2 or 3 a.m., and the tornado hit a mobile home park. I remember sitting in our bay, cleaning up the truck with my partner. We were actually detailing it with Q-tips. <laughs> and then the tones dropped. They were calling for all available units. We extended our shift to go help. That's just what we do. My partner and I were dispatched to an area that all they knew was there had been a call from a female who was screaming for help. They only had a general location, no known address, and we had to set out on foot to find her. I remember climbing over downed trees and power lines. We had been given a flashlight from a bystander and we walked and walked, not knowing what we would find. After going house to house in pitch black and finding no one in need, we couldn't even get a signal to dispatch to tell them. We couldn't even get a signal to tell them if we would have actually needed help. We were able to finally find someone who had a signal nearby and they let us call our dispatch center to update them. 
and we were quickly rerouted to help at the mobile home park. In times when there are mass casualties and so many people to transport, you don't do treatment and transport like a typical run. When we arrived to the triage area, we quickly had a family in our unit to transport. I remember, still to this day, the blank stare from the child who had to ride up front. I also remember the empty eyes of the little girl who I picked up to put in our unit and then carry back out of the unit whenever we got to the emergency room. Her face. I still see it. She was in shock. She had experienced something I never had, and yet we were in this thing together. Both completely changed. I remember the many times we transported more patients, seeing the firefighters pulling people out and loading them onto doors or anything they could find to use for stabilizing. It was the middle of the night, so vision was limited, yet everyone worked in sync to get things done. My partner and I worked past sunrise. I think we were finally able to go home around 10 a.m. or so when we were forced, <laughs> knowing that we would be returning at 3 p.m. for our next shift. The images once the sun came up, devastating. Over the years of working in EMS, I have seen it all. All the quote-unquote worst-case scenarios, they have haunted me, but right in front of my face. I remember being on a call where a teenager was lying dead in the middle of the road, and there were other teenagers that needed transport. In fact, there was one who had a leg amputated, and we rushed to get him to surgery. Now, on that run, I was newly pregnant, and on that run, I began spotting. It was the beginning of the end of that pregnancy, and yet it wouldn't fully happen until weeks later. The wreck triggered the loss of my best friend from high school, and I held on to trauma from that run because of my miscarriage. When I had my son in 2009, I couldn't fully explain to my family why I had this overwhelming fear of leaving him. Yes, I know most parents have that feeling when returning back to work after maternity leave, but this fear... It was enough to take my breath away. I had seen the worst case scenarios. I had worked on the car wrecks with kids who weren't in the proper seat. I had transported babies who had been taking a simple nap and found to not be breathing. I had heard the cries, the screams, seen the pain, had the nightmares. The fear of loss, fear of not being able to control things, Fear of losing the one person who we had worked so hard to bring into this world. It wasn't just because of the things I had experienced in EMS. It was years of situations that were outside of my control. While the panic attacks are no longer a part of my life, anxiety didn't just disappear. It just found new ways of showing itself. It came in things like broken sleep, heart flutters, waking in a sweat or short of breath, racing thoughts, difficulty concentrating, uncontrollable overthinking. Oh, the overthinking. <laughs> that is exhausting in and of itself. Can I get an amen? The list could go on and on, but you get the point. At least I hope. I had become so used to my anxiety that it was almost an addiction. Not in a way that brought joy, but in a way that I had no idea how to live without it. When I was pregnant with my daughter, I was ready for a change. I was tired of being tired. I wasn't sure how the change would happen, but I did know I needed something. I'm a full believer that things happen for a reason, even if we don't know what that reason may be. In that time of my life, after losses, years of fertility treatments, 
working night shifts and eating gas station hot dogs at 3 a.m. because I was simply trying to survive, I decided my body deserved to be treated with love and care. It deserved to be taken care of. So I began my journey of figuring out what that looked like. I had a lot of healing to do, and that meant looking at some not-so-pretty sides of my thoughts and habits. Have you ever had a time when you were sick and tired of feeling sick and tired, but you just weren't sure where to go or what to do? Have you ever lied awake at night and worry about life, worry over your kids, worry over finances, jobs, friends, loved ones, health, oh my goodness, just worrying over anything and everything? I have said for years now that there's a reason the word diet starts with D-I-E. I knew I didn't want to diet. And I also knew I wanted to be around to not only be with my kids, but to enjoy being with them, playing with them, and not be miserable while I saw it all happen. When I started to change my lifestyle, I did super simple things. Like, I took a whole food concentrate that even now, eight plus years later, my family still takes. From there, things begin to spiral in a positive way. I learned how foods make me feel, good and bad. I learned how my mindset had a ginormous impact on my health. I learned that life was short and should be enjoyed, but it was worth the time to make small changes to live it to the fullest. And guess what else I learned, or rather had to deal with? Yep, the anxiety. Now, looking back on things while the nutritional side of things helped me physically, as in my energy increased, my sleep improved, mine was clear, just fantastic stuff. The other thing was that I learned anxiety can be reduced by some of those life changes. I had no idea. Did you know that protein imbalances, dehydration, lack of sleep, hormone imbalances, as well as other things can exacerbate anxiety? I'm sure you do because you are likely much smarter than me, but now we can share that with others, can't we? I knew about some of those factors, but not everything. You never know what you don't know until you know, (laughs) you know? I found out that my body did not absorb certain nutrients very well, so I learned how to adjust for that. I went on to grow healthy habits learning to shift my mindset when in an anxious situation. I found that music, which has always been a large part of my everyday life, my entire life, (laughs) helps to soothe me. My coworkers now know that if I begin humming or singing while on an emergency run, I am likely stressed or anxious about the situation, so I will want to move fast. Music calms my brain, and it helps me to focus. Something else that has helped is journaling. Having a gratitude journal taking time to make my devotional and prayer time a priority starting every day. These things, combined with nutritional changes, has not taken the anxiety completely away, but it sure has turned things around in a big, big way. Turning off electronics, which includes, yes, scrolling social media before bed helps. Utilizing breathing techniques also helps, along with exercise. I know, exercise. I just had to go there, right? (laughs) I will admit I have gotten out of the habit over the past year and have felt the repercussions. If you've ever struggled with severe anxiety or PTSD, you understand that it's not something that happens off and on. Several years ago, I was struggling with memory issues to the point of losing weeks at a time. It was nerve-wracking. I had some tests done with a naturopath friend of mine only to find out I had some deficiencies that were wreaking havoc on my system. I had been having feelings of an like an undercurrent of constant anxiety 
that would gradually get worse. Like one of those inclines at the beginning of a roller coaster before it plummets back down. You know what I'm talking about? My body couldn't keep up with it. Once the anxiety got to be too much, my system would plummet and I would be completely exhausted. Almost like a feeling of having the flu without having the flu. I was so frustrated. Come to find out, it was the imbalances and there was help for that. Don't get me wrong. It's not been a simple fix. And there are days when my anxiety begins to rear its ugly head. In fact, in true confession form, even doing this podcast, even though I'm talking to myself, yet talking to you, the anxiety is coming in whenever I go to record. I could be fine all day long, drink all the water, hydrate myself to a tea, and I go to hit record and suddenly my mouth is as dry as can be. I mean, it's craziness. So now... Even though it's not a simple fix, now I have the resources to be able to do a self-check. What have I eaten? Have I had enough protein? Have I had enough water? How's my sleep? All those things that I mentioned earlier. And more than any of that, something that I've been working really hard on this past year is giving my anxiety, my worries, my fears, all of it, over to the Lord. When you fight with anxiety and then add children to the mix especially when you're homeschooling, not to mention a global pandemic, politics, things, and people being canceled. Phew, it is a lot. Being a homeschooling mom who is working to let go of control and give it over to the Lord can be both scary and exhilarating all at once. At least it has been for me. Like I said, this is still a lesson I am learning and actively working on. I get up and start my day with my Bible in One Year app. Now, I missed my first day of it this past weekend, and when I realized it, I was so upset with myself, and I can't catch up. It only lets you do one day at a time. I'm just having to tack on one day to the end of the year. It's not the end of the world, but I missed that day because we were out of town for my daughter's state competition, and I got so focused on that and lost my priority. I could beat myself up over it, or I can accept it, move on, and get back to it, which is what I did. My devotional time is my one constant. I have felt closer to the Lord and seeing his incredible power through his word has brought me comfort in the middle of chaos. As a homeschooling mom, I have oftentimes felt anxious and overcome with worry over whether or not I was doing the best I could, doing all the right things, being the best I could for my children. I have lied in bed at night in fear I was screwing them up. Even when you aren't homeschooling, I am sure every parent has felt that way more than once. Even when your children are grown, I can imagine that worry continues. That being said, if you're in a time of life when your anxiety seems to take over your thoughts, I hope you can hear me now and know that you are not alone. It's not something I've suddenly gotten a grasp on and gotten over. Not only that, but as I said earlier, when you deal with it for so many years, And due to so many contributing factors, it becomes a way of life. You sort of learn that it's a part of you. The thing is, it's something that does not have to run your life. It is a lifetime of healing from traumas, learning from mistakes, and ultimately realizing we do not have to carry the weight that causes our anxious thoughts. That's a heavy burden we were never meant to hold on our shoulders. When we give up control to the one who holds us in the palm of his hands, we can rest in peace. When we pay attention to what we are putting into our bodies, nutritionally, mentally, spiritually, 
and let go of the fear of not being in control, when we take every day to say, here I am, lead me, then we don't have to suffer with the unknown. There's a song. See, told you music is my thing. (laughs) But I want to share with you the first verse, the chorus, and the third verse. It says, I don't know about tomorrow. I just live from day to day. I don't borrow from its sunshine, for its skies may turn to gray. I don't worry o'er the future, for I know what Jesus said. And today I'll walk beside him, for he knows what is ahead. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand. But I know who holds tomorrow, and I know who holds my hand. I don't know about tomorrow. It may bring me poverty. But the one who feeds the sparrow is the one who stands by me. And the path that is my portion may be through the flame or flood, but his presence goes before me and I'm covered with his blood. I love those words. Many things about tomorrow I don't seem to understand, but I know who holds tomorrow and I know who holds my hand. We can spend our days in worry. We can simply not understand why life is how it is. We can fret and live in a state of anxiety. But are we anxious out of the need to be in control? Are we addicted to the anxiety? When we find rest in the one who holds tomorrow, when we let go of our pride, because really, that has so much to do with it. When we learn to release it, doing our part by taking care of our health, delving into his word, building a personal relationship with him, it is then we will find rest, trust, serenity. Something I'm hoping to do is bring more opportunities to connect and share with you. If you have recently seen my Facebook, I have mentioned a new project in the works. Now, there are many aspects of it, so you will slowly see me roll out things a bit at a time. However, I wanted to go ahead and let you know of the first thing on deck. I am setting up a private Facebook group, which I will link in the show notes, and welcome you to join me. I really hope you do. I will be hosting live chats, giveaways, resources for many areas, including health, faith, homeschooling, and more. You can go ahead and jump over there now to join if you'd like. I really hope you do. Now, if you're not on Facebook, don't you worry. I got you covered. There will be additional things coming down the line in which I hope it will not require using that avenue. (laughs) Apple Podcasts has recently changed their verbiage for allowing people to get alerts for new episodes. What used to be said as subscribing... Even though it's free, it was giving off the idea that people would have to pay to subscribe. So they changed that verbiage and now it's said as follow. So no matter how you are listening, make sure you follow me on the podcast platform of your choice, as well as come and hang out with me on Facebook or Instagram. I'm hoping this podcast finds its way to someone who may be needing some encouragement with their faith, homeschool, health, or life. If that's you, you found a friend. If you have someone in mind that might relate or you have been touched in something shared, would you mind sharing it? The way a podcast gets traffic is through word of mouth and I would sure appreciate it. You can also leave a review or rating if the platform you listen on offers that as an option. Totally up to you. I'd love to connect. So again, come find me on Facebook, Instagram, or You can even chat with me if you send me an email to Courtney at imperfectlypollyanna.com. I've, of course, put that in the show notes for you. Remember, 
You are loved, and I am glad you're here. See you next time.